Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, the Black Woman Animator, coming back to you with another video. And in this video, I have Tayo Vasson from Quadron yeah. Studios. Um, so tell us about yourself and what your current role in animation is. Okay. Uh, my name is Tayo Vasson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I've been in animation for about 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you, uh, so, you know, started animation back, back when it wasn't much of a career option. It was just something that, that um, I, I had always wanted to do. Um, so, so w when I got into it back then, um, there weren't many people doing animation. And uh, as a matter of fact, it wasn't even very clear exactly how it could be monetized. You know, yeah. but, you know, but, uh, but I saw, you know, I, I, I got into it and like, you know what, I've always wanted to do this, let me give this a shot. And then and mm -hmm. so the shot became a career. So we essentially have had to, you know, um, had to build the build the system, so to speak, by mm -hmm. which uh, it, it can become a business. You know, we've had to do a lot of figuring it out, um, yeah. a lot of um, connecting the dots to you know find out how animation can be a business in Nigeria because that's mm -hmm. the specificity. The truth is that I mean, animation has been around as a as an industry for uh about well more than 90 years now mm -hmm. you know but but um the but, but it it's been viable in nigeria is something that that i think uh came up only in the past 10 or so years that's um so that's uh my a bit of my journey. I've, I've been in, involved in various projects, you know, mm -hmm. over the years. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, I was uh, I was co-director on um, I, there was this project called Bedu. Uh, you know, you don't show. There was you know featuring some mm -hmm. some two characters who were watching TV, trying to have a good time on TV. And yeah, so I was co-director on that wrote that script um afterwards i did something called national cake i mean uh, afterwards i did um was then i we start myself and my friend uche started quadron studios in 20 2015 late 2015 since then we've been we've been forging a path to make to make world-class animation from africa a reality Mm -hmm. essentially because you know we that company started with um, from the idea that if we told our African stories um, with world class production values uh, we would make them um, that there's a market for that mm -hmm. yeah. so, um, so we've been over the years building capacity as well as uh, doing a lot of advocates. <laughs> you know, um, mm -hmm. that's we gotta keep the lights on. You know, definitely. Um, so, 
yeah so we've been we've been in that process since 2015 um yes it's been quite an interesting journey since then we've we've also gotten into some virtual reality production which is um which is an area of um, cgi content that i think is going to grow significantly as the years go by um mm -hmm. we have a lot of stories to tell and we i mean we we, we fully expect that um, the coming times that's uh, next year and so on we'll uh, we'll see some of those stories the world will begin to see some of the things that we've been cooking at quadrant studios um if i may segue a little bit i also i also did a bit of um writing for mm -hmm. this project that i worked on um it was a white paper on the animation mm -hmm. industry as to chronicle its history what has mm -hmm. happened what what's been um what's the story of the nigerian animation industry and so on and so forth and what's its place in the world um so i worked i led that project worked on that and you know that also um th that process of research and you know going mm -hmm. you know, going all the way back to where um cartoon cartooning became a thing mm -hmm. in nigeria you know draw the timeline to this moment um it it also helps me personally and uh, well i like to think everybody who who's, who has read the book to appreciate um the the journey of um, african nigerian animation production you know so, mm -hmm. uh, i don't know there are probably a couple of other things that i've left up but i think that should be it for now just uh, just to call it short yeah i was taking a look at your white paper this week it's um very yeah, I mean, I do my research. <laughs> so, <laughs> I highly suggest that people go out and read that. Um, Thank you. Uh, what, like, so in your childhood, what got you interested in animation? Oh, uh, yeah, that. Well, Voltron. Mm. Voltron. Voltron was, was completely awesome, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the, the the that's that's that story that world those characters became they they they, they i mean the they they should they made you think that anything was possible you know and then but it's, of course it's not just voltron but we watched quite a few cartoons back then, Super Ted, Danger Mouse, and of course, uh, DC Comics, uh, Marvel Comics, all those things. So those things really got me um, uh, very interested in creating worlds. Um, I, I'm a bit of a visual storyteller in that you know, I dabble a bit into various arts. I have a little bit of music in there little bit of just fine arts, a bit, bit of drama. So, you know, so many a times when an idea hits, it finds expression in all of those ways. And so, yeah, um, the, the the cartoons that we watched back then that were available back then really, really inspired. And then I think something else that drove um, my interest in animation was Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Aladdin and Pocahontas. 
Um, mm -hmm. When I watched Aladdin, that was perhaps my own first experience of getting your mind blown, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that a whole new world sequence um, was, was something that, you know, as a child, you wish you, 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 you wonder, you, you don't wonder how they did that, but you want to live in that world, you know? And right. um, um, yeah, and I think uh, one of my earliest experiences of a superhero was the, was the Spider-Man cartoons. Right. Um, so back then, um, I'm talking three, four, I used to spend a lot of time just trying to draw Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And folks be like, what's he doing? Why is he drawing circles? You know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and my dad would be, let him draw them. Something <laughs> they will make sense. <laughs> you know, you know? So, so that was, that was, um, I mean, those things, there were, there were so, so many things that inspired, you know, for, mm -hmm. yeah, there, there are so many things. Yeah, so I, I guess, uh, I, I guess uh, as, uh, as the times go by, maybe, maybe uh, some of these other things will come up. But, mm -hmm. So with like, with such a, uh, you know, stringent culture as Nigerian culture of, you know, becoming a your 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 family when you become a doctor and a lawyer typically was were you were your parents supportive of your like artistic journey because i know we deal with that in in, in being black in america so i i can't i can only imagine in nigeria <laughs> actually um so this um to to add some information i studied mathematics Right, so that was my first degree. That was um, my my uh, background. My, but even back then, I had noticed that I was pretty artistic and I liked the arts. So I, I would say to myself that okay, if you're dancing to the sound of a distant drum, dance well. Um, <laughs> so that when people see you dancing, though they can't quite hear what you're dancing to, they will perhaps see that there's a system to your chaos, mm -hmm. so, you know. So that um, was pretty much my uh, experience in that I, I from the get-go, I knew I had to make this make sense. It, it has to, it has to, um, I have to be able to communicate it to someone who um, is not familiar with that industry, and you know, I, 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 if I would say again that back then there wasn't much of an industry, so you couldn't really point at any success stories to say, "Hey, look, that guy is an animator, and I mean, look how well he's doing." So we had to sort of create the business models, right? And um, was it was easier to communicate the business models once we, I mean. It, we, we knew how we were going to make a career out of this, how we we're going to generate income out of this. So that was that was how I was able to get their support. Of course, it wasn't a very um, easy conversation at the start, but mm -hmm. um, but uh, I guess my my dad especially was a very imaginative person. Yeah, uh, so uh, so he. 
he he did his research. Okay. okay. Something in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um so what are so if we're going to talk about you know the landscape of animation in Nigeria and on the continent um what do you think uh, uh as far as interest you know just inform you know like my viewers who are typically american or maybe from the uk what are uh what are some ways that nigerians become interested in animation generally and what, and what is the growing interest like in the country hmm. um I would say it's exceeded my own expectations. Um, you would, in the white paper, when I was uh, rounding up that white paper, um, I think that was two years ago, my submission then was that we had, we had a talent crisis. Um, I tried to avoid that particular language, but that was my submission, that um, most of the significant projects simply could not be staffed because we did not have enough skilled guys in the country to, to pull those things off. Um, but that has changed significantly. Um, significantly. So you found, you, you, over the last two years specifically we found a lot more people take on character animation and we found a lot more people attempt to tell stories um the number of highly skilled animators the number of highly skilled individuals is not very high even now but i wouldn't bet against the nigerian animators at this point based on how fast it took to get um, a decent crop of um, of skilled guys and if you know what you're looking for you can assemble a, a solid team in nigeria right now that was not possible four years ago at all mm -hmm. yeah so um that's in terms of um, talent availability um distribution is still pretty much where it was two years ago unfortunately um we do not have we do not yet have homegrown strong distribution systems. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's Netflix Niger, but as you well know, it will be the token content that will make it into Netflix Niger. Um, we, we do not yet have large numbers of um, uh, content being bought wholesale mm -hmm. uh, in Nigeria. Or I, I may hazard to say in Africa, um, mm -hmm. the biggest buyer of content still is um, multi-choice, so DSTV. And mm -hmm. uh, I haven't yet seen them buy or commission any Nigerian-made animation so far. Um, mm -hmm. I know that Cartoon Network is doing some work prospecting. I know that uh, Triggerfish is doing some work mm -hmm. prospecting. Unfortunately, I heard, well, this is a bit of a segue, I heard that Triggerfish is moving a lot of its production to Ireland, you know, mm. because, they, you know, they, 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 this is a segue, but, you know, um, the, the, uh, 
the digital not digital lab the story labs project um uh what's what's that mama k super four something that project was animated in ireland and now triggerfish has acquired the irish company animating that so you know that would have been an a, a success story for night for african animation if yeah. that would be made here but that's the situation as far as that project goes. Um, however, there are movements, mm -hmm. um, entrepreneur-led movements, um, mm -hmm. projects like Malaika, that's Ant Hill yeah. and Unique Studios Malaika. That's that's a that that was for me a a, a strong indication of what was possible. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, spoofs, uh, I think it was this superhero thing by spoof animation that also showed what was possible in the 2D space. Yes, um, Ridwan Moshud's project, the garbage boy and trash can getting picked up by Cartoon Network. Now, those are indicators, mm -hmm. right? But personally, I am a big believer in the local market. Mm -hmm. I I think that you're not going to get a ground groundswell of content until we can find a way to solve the local distribution problem. That is, how do we get animation from Nigeria to Nigerians or from Africans to Africans so mm -hmm. that the entire value chain is local? Um, we haven't solved that problem yet. Um, it, it's it's a it's something I think about, you know, when I'm not working because it's it's a it seems like a space that nobody um, is directly trying to access or trying to fix. You know, it just, yeah. for, for all I know, it might require someone from the animation production the section of the industry to you know backwards integrates to you know create a distribution chain for animation mm -hmm. somebody has to do it and since yeah. uh, um since the traditional distributors have not yet prioritized animation and that I mean truth is that um, i imagine that the decisions are driven by the data they have access to um because indeed it is true that um animation box office numbers are typically lower than live action box office numbers mm -hmm. and I'm talking about animation from outside of nigeria so you know i can imagine that an investor would be like mm, why should i invest in this thing perhaps there's not much of a market for it but um those who of us who are closer to to the industry know that um there there is that i mean well this is a personal opinion right mm -hmm. uh, i think that animation is not well understood by the existing distributors so mm -hmm. they try to market it the way they market live action products yeah right um thing is unlike a live action movie that is sold by its star animation is sold by its characters right. so uh, so and and then you know folks need to create 
avenues and um, opportunities for younger children to to go to the cinemas, you know, mm -hmm. without to be on the coattails of their parents, you know. So, um, so I think that there are um, possibilities in the Nigerian slash African animation space, and yeah. um, I mean both from production, um, but distribution right now. Um, I don't see any serious work being done to connect that local value chain. Right now, the opportunities are still out in the world. So, you know, mm -hmm. folks are competing with a view to going to film festivals and, you know, connecting with distributors across the globe um, to access markets outside of Africa. Yeah, I mean, if the mm -hmm. Reboots project is a case in point, you know, it's mm -hmm. Cartoon Network that took it on. Cartoon Network is, mm -hmm. is, um, is catering to essentially the Western gaze, you know. Um, okay. So, yeah. So whatever, whatever um, comes, whatever is on Cartoon Network must be tailored to that market, you know, mm -hmm. because there, there are jokes that the Nigerian market would get that would be lost on, on a Western audience, and um, so those jokes will not, yeah, should not, would likely not feature. It, you know, it will be the jokes that the Western audience will recognize you know, and appreciate. That would, mm -hmm. uh, so you, you get so that's that's pretty much where I think things are right now. Um, mm -hmm. It seems um, to be pretty consistent that um, the people who have the money don't understand the medium because in America we have a similar. It's like the the issue you have with the people in distribution um, for you, like not understanding there there is like in 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 animation companies in America. It's like the, they're not in the animation industry, so they don't get it. Or that's why animated movies come out where the story is like, why they're they're pretty much trying to sell toys or mm -hmm. trying to sell video games or it's all about capitalism as opposed to mm -hmm. animation. So it seems pretty consistent. <laughs> of, like the people with the money are making bad decisions or, or just don't understand. Hmm. Personally, now, now, now this Having seen Life of Life of Pi, then Life mm -hmm. After Pi, I sort of became a, a local activist mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, after seeing that Life After Pi documentary. Because mm -hmm. for me, the, uh, the for me the gap here is is the absence of animators. Mm -hmm. and I'm saying the absence of people who actually create animation at the decision-making tables right so so there's you know these days we talk about diversity right there mm -hmm. is <laughs> a certain appetite you know such that um um decision-making tables around animation seem to not feature especially at the highest levels folks who come from a background in animation who mm -hmm. who understand the process of creating it the value it brings as well as um um uh, how to monetize it it appears that most of us who create um have the monetizing part as a blind spot 
So because mm -hmm. we don't understand how to make money from it, we we don't get invited to these conversations. Right. But I, I um, so that's one thing that I am hoping our generation will change exactly. by 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 connecting the dots well enough mm -hmm. so that we are at the very uh, end of the value chain where the big decisions are being made. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, this is a complete aside, but well, not a complete aside, but you know, because um, I'd always wondered why VFX companies did not own movies. Mm -hmm. Most of the problems that were outlined in the movie, like in the documentary Life After Pi, were because the VFX companies did not own their content. So they didn't mm -hmm. get any cuts in the upsides. They were unable to I mean, For instance, if I was the producer and I hired a director, that's answerable to me. He's not going to be on some, some somewhere on the other side of the planet while I'm slaving away here. You know, he's yeah. got to be here. You know, which, mm -hmm. which is why Wita Digital has been quite successful. They don't have those mm -hmm. problems. Mm -hmm. Peter Jackson is a stakeholder in Wita Digital. When he, when you see his production diaries, he's not in, in Hawaii or somewhere. He's not, he's not enjoying himself somewhere. He's right there in the trenches, you know, cracking mm -hmm. out visual effects. So that's why mm -hmm. they're able to get those things done on budget, on time. Mm -hmm. you know, because um, the the director has his casket in the VFX game. Mm -hmm. So that for us, I mean, that's how we are building the Nigerian animation industry, for instance. We, we, it's creator-led, right? We, we are building it with the mindset that, look, the, everything that has to do with the, the, how this thing is exploited, we will mm -hmm. have a say in that. You know, I, 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 personally, it's always boggled my mind on why, why eight years after, is it eight years? No, eight years. 2012, mm -hmm. it's a life after Pi. Um, uh, Vancouver happened. NPC um, mm -hmm. Vancouver. NPC Vancouver happened, you know, wherein, you know, they, after doing all the overruns on, it was a Sonic the Hedgehog, the studio yeah. was down, and that was, I was like, wait a second, come on, it's been eight years, and this lets out in the public domain. Why? But now, I'm not the expert. I don't understand <laughs> that. It's the truth. I don't understand that industry. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't understand why they are unable to, you know, backward integrate and, and control their own IPs. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Um, you know, well, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. So what do you, what are the, um, what are the opportunities for learning animation in Nigeria in general? Well, how do people learn? Okay, now, um, the internet has been fantastic to us. Um, I tell you, most of the learning that I have seen has come from YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, something else that's going on is um, some informal mentorships. Okay. You know, wherein you spot somebody with talent and passion, you, you know, just casually take them under your wing and, um, you know, point out, point out the roadblocks in their arts. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that is 
noteworthy about the animation knowledge really is that the bulk of it is not particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. But there are these roadblocks that could keep you stuck for days on end. Yeah. So if you had an expert or someone with more experience standing behind you or standing around you that you could show your work to and guy can say, hey, look, um, uh, you are having you are having duplicated faces here, so that's why your mesh is looking funny. You know, uh, this curve is this curve is not right. You know, you need to have this this arc is not right. That's why your character is moving in a blocky way. You know, things that might have taken you weeks to see, mm-hmm. but someone who has some experience able to spot that at a moment and then you know help you through that roadblock and you keep moving on along your learning path. I found that that adds significant value mm-hmm. and it's very expensive to do. Yeah, so um, that, a lot of that has been happening. You know, we, we also at Quadron Studios last year uh, put together some trainings just to, you know, upskill people. Because my thinking is that the opportunity in the animation space is, is, is coming, you know, as yeah. large projects get made. I mean, I'm looking at Malaika and I'm now I'm thinking at some point Malaika will get funded. Mm-hmm. Now when Malaika gets funded, at the minimum they will need to push out 13 episodes. 13 ep- to push out 13 episodes, you're going to need some artists to make that happen. Right. So what what are so I want to take talk about you know the the micro problems and the macro problems. So what are the obstacles like on the for, the, for Nigerians on the macro level, or sorry, the micro level, which is like money, like electricity, or, and then on the macro level, you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, the lack of strong viable distri- distribution um, network, you know, access uh, like to the market in cinema, television, and digital, like what are mm-hmm. the micro and the macro obstacles to, you know, whether it's the individual or to, in the industry as a whole? Mm-hmm. I think at a micro level, electricity is still a problem, but I think a bigger problem, which really affects a lot more things, is the non-availability of unmetered internet. Mm. Um, I think that, well, people are figuring their way around the electricity problem. Almost everybody has a generator, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, you have a generator, you have an inverter, you have, you have two generators, two inverters, and so on and so forth. People figure their, their way out around those things. Um, so, the, but so that's one. Um, um, I noted this in the white paper. With 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 started work on dealing with those things. There is there is that disconnect between artists and the business of of um, animation or business generally most artists seem to not understand that it's a business right so yeah. you don't understand you don't understand that animation in particular is one of the it's 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 an intellectual property business mm-hmm. so so because so in order to understand to succeed at an intellectual property business you have to know a little bit of um, law a little bit of finance just it's just the important stuff that as it applies to you most of our people don't 
don't know or maybe just don't care about these yeah. these things and so um so they are unable to protect themselves they're able, unable to um keep their money yeah um not another factor is that the advertising the animation advertising business which is essentially the mainstay of most animation companies in nigeria is relatively small mm -hmm. relatively so um and then there's also the fact that animation is perceived to be a cheaper alternative to live action which is a bit strange because it's more expensive to produce but yeah, yeah. The, the the lay person really is even i had somebody message me today and i'm like just to let you know animation is expensive but <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you know yeah so micro problems yes um so um earlier this year was it earlier this year or late last year we were in talks with banks with mm -hmm. a couple of banks and um it was pretty obvious that they they also did not yeah there's there's very little information about the animation value chain people simply don't understand it so 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 um have initial you you're talking to an investor and the guy is thinking look what this people are doing isn't uh, particularly lucrative there's not much of a market to this because he hasn't seen any numbers you know mm -hmm. so uh so people don't understand how the business can be profitable so i mean when people don't as a result there is not a lot of investment funding coming into the industry um mm -hmm. although that is beginning to change you know we're beginning to see a couple of people who are who we're beginning to get into more investment conversations you know mm -hmm. ten times thanks to COVID 19 and the pandemic because you know because it it it's it's um animation production was the only was well i won't say the only but animation production could go on unhindered even when all the sets had to shut down right so that that invited some very interesting conversations okay oh, so, so, so this is possible and we can make mm -hmm. stuff you know from from this micro problems micro problems micro problems um, um i mentioned access to talent yeah um, mm -hmm. it is still a problem um uh so so what is happening because we're seeing people develop but most of the most of the guys who have really broken through have been self-starters and um mm -hmm. so and you those ones will not be the majority um yeah, so right. we, we don't yet have a large talent pool which mm -hmm. which is a problem that we need to that we are working on um i think mm -hmm. various studios have their own um initiatives to address that talent problem you know through mentorships through trainings mm -hmm. and so on and so forth um we are trying to fly under the radar and not mm -hmm. make too much noise about the animation industry because um, government policy is a bit unpredictable. Mm. Um, uh, recently, for instance, um, the government said that you could not have exclusive rights to any IP. Mm. Yeah. 
That, that's crazy, right? You yeah. Know? So all the pay TV guys had to go up in arms and say, hey, 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 you guys are destroying us. Because, right. I mean, without, without content exclusivity, the pay TV business is dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. And the content business with it. So, uh, so that's, that's one of those things where you're like, how did you even think of it? <laughs> you understand, you know, because they're like, look, if you create content, we, we should all share. What? Are you serious? You know, you know what goes into making content? <laughs> Why should we share? You know, um, so that, to be honest with you, but that's a micro, that's a macro problem. That's mm -hmm. a really macro problem. I, I, I think. I tend to think a lot more about the macro problems. The micro problems are inconveniences that you can get around. You know, yeah. um, if if you have sufficient foresight and you are mentoring people, you are unlikely to have a talent, a critical talent problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, uh, if if you you know uh, if you face the fact that. Um, there's not a lot of electricity. You're, you're, mm -hmm. going, you're going to solve your electricity problems, right? Um, it, so they're not roadblocks in the strictest sense of it, right? They mm -hmm. are inconveniences that an entrepreneur will just have to scale over, just like um, entrepreneurs do in other parts of the world. It's just that we have our own set of problems, and um, right, um, you know, other parts of the world have theirs. Um, mm -hmm. But the the macro problems are the ones that are a bit more difficult to deal with because even after you've done all you can a macro problem can still represent an effective shutdown on all of yeah. your efforts um uh, you know because it bothers me for instance that um not i don't really apart from Bino and fino maybe mm -hmm. Often Bino and Fino actually, because I know that you know um, they they've been in the content space for much longer. You know Bino and Fino, you know I. Um, I'm not sure. Sorry. I'm not sure if I know them. Oh okay. Um, Bino and Fino is a cartoon series for kids. Okay. Um, it was made by EVCL. That's um, mm -hmm. it's an Abuja-based company, and mm -hmm. they've they've been churning out quite the volume a significant volume of content um okay. they yeah they sell merchandise um all over the world uh, and they're right now featured on airlines and so on and so forth and i mean they okay. they are they are well i would say they are emerging as um as a viable alternative to western created content you know, for um, I think the for the age group is uh, somewhere between four and ten. Okay. You know, but they are those are the guys that I know who are really making an, a strong inroad into content. I also know okay, then there's Total Tidal. I don't know how mm -hmm. far they have gone monetizing, but I know that mm -hmm. they have you know, made some money. But you know, those. But the thing is, um, like I said at the very beginning, the absence of a clear val local value chain is what yeah. all of these guys are struggling with. Have to say, you have to sell 
you have to export. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you talked about it a little bit before, but what does your studio or, or you do to improve the landscape of animation in Nigeria? I know, I know you all had a symposium earlier. You mentioned your uh, workshops and, and programs last year. So what are you all trying to do to change the animation landscape? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, one of the first things, so one of the things, the first thing was training, because we need to solve the talent problem. But um, also, we're doing a lot of fundraising mm -hmm. because um, training is not an end in itself. Training does not, tra tra you have great jobs, yeah. but there to be success stories, right? So um, we're doing a lot of fundraising right now. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I can't talk too much about it until all of those things are closed. Mm -hmm. um, because we are we are working on creating projects that are large enough to employ um, a, a a decent team and keep that team for a while to create high volume content. Yeah. Um, uh, also understanding that uh, the business of animation doesn't really favor skits very much. Mm -hmm. so, if, so if you have a minute, two minutes, three minutes, and that's all you've got. It's not very interesting mm -hmm. from a monetization standpoint. Um, I think animation starts getting interesting when you have a hundred minutes. Mm -hmm. So, or 130 minutes, that's um, 13 minutes of um, 10 minutes each. Now you're, you're in business when you have that. So we, we, we're, we're working on, um, a lot of fundraising at this point. Um, mm -hmm. you know, somebody's got to do it. It's right. similar to what um, Unique did with uh, mm -hmm. Malaika. Because mm -hmm. that project, just like Dawn of Thunder, I don't know if you've come across Dawn of Thunder from yeah. commercial studios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, those large projects, those ambitious projects, do a lot more to put the, the region on the map Mm -hmm. than the random skit that everybody shares and forgets about after a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we are we are working on um, producing at that level, uh, mm -hmm. so that uh, so that we can we can make uh, we we can we can well um, well create the success story. That's that's yeah. That's the point of it. You know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at things. I, I I believe that perhaps the biggest scarcity is the absence of someone who has gone there and actually you know seen the whole thing through and succeeded. Because I mean, for mm -hmm. us, so for instance, succeeding would be Malika getting funded to do 1352 26 mm -hmm. episodes. That's succeeding. That's yeah. okay. You are now in the marketplace. You know? Right. Um. um Everybody is still pretty much in that incubation stage mm -hmm. wherein you are watching your burn rates. You're not you're not yet in touch with your market. So, so um, those are two key things. We are also doing a lot of um, uh, technical research. 
Um, we are working to extend the opportunities in the animation space. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, prior, prior to what we did, I, I'm not aware of any animation studios that were, that had parlayed their skill in computer-generated imagery into um, things like VR, into, yeah. into you know, um, experiential um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, projects that that border that bordered um, along the line more it's that that be more like technology than art, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, animation really is um, on the bridge between tech and art. It's yeah. it marries both, you know. Um, but most of us practitioners stay or you know stay more on the art side of things than the technology side of things. Um, mm -hmm. So we are also working to extend the possibilities um, on the technology side of things. Because, you know, so because in Nigeria, as well as um, most developing markets, the business, the B2B market is, mm -hmm. more, is more flush with cash than the B2C mm -hmm. market. Right. So, um so so we we're doing a lot of project product development for that market which we expect that in the years to come we'll find other startups you know following our footsteps and making mm -hmm. sense of that environment so that's um that's that um and we also do hmm, we've also done some uh symposium well, okay, so, well, this year we were meant to have like four symposia, but yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, COVID, right? Um, but so we had we had we had one in February, so we are we're based in Yaba. Mm -hmm. Yaba is like, well, some people call it the Silicon Valley of Nigeria because of the concentration of technology startups, which is quite true. Um, also because um, there are a number of higher institutions around. So we reached out to students from those higher institutions, those in um, the faculties of creative arts and so on. We brought them in for a symposium to show them what was possible, you know, mm -hmm. to show them how the skills that they're currently learning could be directly applied to a career within film, animation, computer-generated imagery, you know, that that um, industry and we, I, we, we really got very good feedback at that time. I guess next year we'll have to pick up from, yeah. from there, you know, to, to create opportunity for just to inspire um, the younger generation. So um, I think that those, that would be um, a lot of um, the work we've been doing. We're also through our blog. Well, I, I think although that might have slowed down a bit, but we, you know, that thing about educating people about animation and about yeah. what goes into it. Um, so we've been doing. We 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 earlier this year we were, we were doing quite a bit of that. You know, trying to demystify. Um, mm -hmm animation production so for 
anybody who might be interested, whether you be an investor, a client, or an enthusiast, someone who is looking to get into the field, you know, just to mm -hmm. help you help folks understand what's going on in there. So yeah, I think I I I think that's about it for now. Right. Yeah, wonderful. Um what are what are uh if you if you know this, what are the leading countries in Africa as far as animation? What are the hubs around the continent? Hmm. South Africa. <laughs> really. Um the lead to be honest with you, um Sub-Saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. I I don't. I think Kenya, East Africa, Kenya, Uganda. There are some guys in Kenya and Uganda doing stuff. Um, um, of course, you most likely have heard about uh, or come across. Uh, I think Richard Richard's work, the Kalabanda, the Kalabanda if my homework. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was a really bright bright light from East Africa. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of animation going on in Egypt, but mm. yeah, funny enough, but- um, <laughs> Any, Anything there, out of Ghana? There is some animation going on in Ghana. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we, the, like Nukima Games, they're, they're these guys, Nukima Games, um, and there are a number of, um, uh, small studios, pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, startups just like, just like what we have in Nigeria, who are making incursions. I think uh, Nukima Games, they were working on a really large open world game for, and they've been at that for uh, three years. Okay. You know, so, uh, I want to imagine that it's a really massive project, and so we're looking forward to to seeing that um, screen. Mm -hmm. There is some, there's some more going on in Ghana, but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we don't see a lot of it here. Mm. I, I, for, for some reason. Um, it, it, for some reason, it appears that the content from Nigeria tends to, appears to be traveling further in Sub-Saharan Africa, mm -hmm. appears to be than the content from other countries in Sub-Saharan Africa, maybe because of the population and the fact that Nigerians are pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, but but that's that's been the phenomenon. Um, mm -hmm. But Ghana is doing much better, in my opinion, in terms of having an ecosystem to support the industry. You have, um, mm. have a couple of film festivals out of Ghana, you know, have that that really um, support support that creative community. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but those are the hubs, really. South Africa. South Africa is the big hub. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you feel? Uh, Nigeria and other African countries can give to the world uh, as far as, you know, a different perspective, or even if you think about um, providing a, uh, eventually providing a workforce similar to Asian countries where, you know, you export the animation work to African countries. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. Um, it's, it's an idea that um, we have been, I mean, I think 
Well, I mean, it's something that I hinted at in that white paper also um, as a clear, well, the clear opportunity for Nigerian creatives. Um, you know, because I think right now all of the countries that have now become animation powerhouses started that way. Um, and I'm talking about um, Malaysia, you know, India, China now, um, uh, you know, many, even uh, in, in South Korea, you know, many yeah. of those guys started out creating content to serve the Western market on contract. And mm -hmm. they build capacity creating content at that level until until um they the, the capacity was not just technical capacity but also financial capacity you know right. because they were able to access um deal sizes that simply were not available in their own countries you know? mm -hmm. uh, so um so that um i do some work with animation nigeria but there's a body that's been put together. I'll just say a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. There's a body that's been put together, a professional body to to oversee and to guide the the practice of animation in Nigeria. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, part of the roadmap for that body is is positioning the Nigerian animation industry as a a destination is not the right word, but a a, a vendor pool or a talent pool of choice. Yeah. Um, because um, that I think that's one thing that India really got right, um, mm -hmm. and China got very very right, and you know so so that and for us we've spoken earlier on about the the non-existent or the weak distribution networks so mm -hmm. for 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 creatives or for producers in nigeria the ability to produce for um for other nations or for other markets where there where those systems exist is the clear yeah. presence of opportunity so yeah it's it's a for me it's like yes this is the clear presence <laughs> of opportunity yeah mm -hmm. and, and and it's a bigger and more interesting market than the local advertising, local animation advertising industry. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's that's very much something that um, Nigerian creatives are looking at, and that's from that's from the business perspective. Okay. Um, right. Now, um, African animation has mm -hmm. a lot. Of a lot of a lot of a lot to offer the world mm -hmm. because our mythology is so different from yeah. the mythology from of from everywhere else mm -hmm. um so um uh you know in private conversations i say that um when you watch chinese animation in fact in chinese slash Japanese Asian Oriental animation, right? Mm -hmm. You would see. In fact, if if I may zero in a little more on China, they mm -hmm. are pushing Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they're they pushing Tai Chi specifically, uh, which is a really mystical art. It's, um, it's almost as much mysticism as physical exertion. Mm -hmm. And it's, one would call that gesture-activated magic. Mm -hmm. But um, African magic is different. Mm -hmm. It's voice-activated, you know. And I think that when African creatives are able to uh, visualize their own magic, yeah. visualize their own mythology, Mm -hmm. um, in line with world-class production values, right? Mm -hmm. We will be showing the world something they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Really. Um, you know, it, I think that's what I find exciting about Ridwan's project, for instance, and some of the things that we have um, in the pipeline. Um, right. Because, you know, um, just as I cannot um, faithfully describe the streets of London, mm -hmm. um, it's impossible for someone from that part of the world to faithfully describe the streets of Lagos. Um, right. However, we are all human, and mm -hmm. there are there are aspirations and goals and uh, and uh, impressions and emotions that are felt in those right. local contexts context that the i mean that, that should that would resonate with anybody anywhere in the world you know right. so um so we have a lot to add to the global conversation um to mm -hmm. the global i'll use the word tapestry of emotions yeah <laughs> um, just by putting our content out there um <clears throat> you know um there was, there was, I, I would uh, go back a little to a skit that myself and Richard Obor did um, back in 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. right? Um, called mm -hmm. It went pretty viral. I don't know if you got to see it. Uh, um, you can send me the link <laughs> so I can put it in the description so everybody can see it. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, so it, it was it was just two guys um, watching TV and essentially goofing around. But I think I've seen it. Okay, yeah, because it it went pretty far out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was another project skit that we did here in Portland about a, a very mischievous rat. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, you you might. I mean, the, the, the rats on this on the streets of Lagos are you know very aggressive, right? Uh, you know, but you might you might you might not have that specific experience in your particular city, but um, everybody in the world has experienced a little bit of a pesky rodent or a, a, a pesky animal that is you know. Um, at expressing expressing emotions that 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 you you know that okay let me pull back a little bit and say this the idea, the idea of the rat is of those the kind of rats that 
that become the landlord when they come, when, <clears throat> when, when they get a foothold in your house, you know, the kind of rats that you don't scare easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's definitely sounds like either rats in New York city or when you're trying to get rid of a water bug or a cockroach, <laughs> you know? So, so the thing is, um, when we just express ourselves, yeah. Um, without trying to pander too much to mm -hmm. global tastes, right. we, we add something unique and peculiar to the mm -hmm. global conversation. So I, so I think that, yeah, we, we really do have a lot to, to contribute in that, in that sense. Uh, yeah, that, I definitely was talking to someone yesterday about how, uh, whether it's, you know, Black American content or even some, some African content that I've seen, it's, it's like, oh man, I was expecting something different. Like, <laughs> but it's like, well, this is what white people could produce. <laughs> so it's just Sorry? like, why are you, you know, sometimes when I watch, you know, people from the diaspora and creating content, they create the same content that white people create. And it's kind of disappointing because we bring so much different things. And it's like, okay, mm. if I'm watching something from Africa, I don't want to see something that is from the West, like, or yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, really. Um, I I'm very happy about the direction that Nigerian animation in particular has mm -hmm. gone. Um, I think more than any other um, group of animators, Nigerian animators have, have, um, have been, have followed Nollywood in okay. that mm -hmm. they didn't try to create what they think the West might want to see. Right. They are just creating for for themselves, which is mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So so I I think that's the way to success. You know, yeah. But you know, we need to connect those distribution networks. <laughs> yeah. So um, I yeah. I see. I see that there are a lot of programs being started by people, companies in the US, other countries and African countries that are providing resources to Africans to learn animation. Do you feel yeah. like this is like a long time coming and what do you hope this does for the animation industry in Nigeria as foreign interests or even other African countries kind of gain interest or even government? What do you hope for the future? What programs are you referring to? Uh, I know there, um, I feel like I saw an article uh, in the past year about uh, an American company funding like learning in an African country. I, I probably should have wrote that down because <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember exactly, but there are, there are foreign interests in, in African countries where they, they want to help other, you know, people in the world learn animation. So even if you don't know about that in particular, what do you hope comes from that? Well, um, apart from YouTube, you know, um, well, I would say this, um, online education has been available for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Through animation mentor, anime school, um, and a couple of other, no more school of visual effects, and, you know, 
Yeah. Even though they tend to be expensive. Right. Um, so they're not so accessible mm -hmm. for most guys. Mm -hmm. um, the the funded program, I, I haven't seen personally. Mm -hmm. the, the French um, have been, they've been having some workshops. They've mm -hmm. done quite some work to bring animation training to Nigeria, you know, two week workshops. Um, week-long workshops, uh, free workshops, and so on. So they've been, they, they've been those efforts, and it's great. Because, mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, we will take everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, it's it's only positive, really. Um, mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's positive. So I, I, I'd say, yeah, please, bring it on. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. So do you have any expectations for um, working together or have, have you had any thoughts about working together across the diaspora in animation with like with black Americans or, or, or black in the UK or anything and coming together yes, to, yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, in fact, we, 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 we are in a number of conversations with um, people from from Europe and from the US in particular. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. People from Europe, from US, from Canada. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's just Quadrant Studios. Um, and yeah, absolutely. That's, that's personally, I, I see more Nigerians, more Nigerian animators stepping out into the marketplace to try to connect the dots from there. Mm -hmm. So uh, sort of becoming evangelists of yeah. the Nigerian animation industry and um, and selling what we've got to a global mm -hmm. audience. Um, that actually, that has been happening through Animation Nigeria. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, Animation Nigeria has been represented at Cane, not at Cannes, at Annecy um, yeah. and uh, Discop. So you know, you know, Discop South Africa, okay. Digital mm -hmm. Lab, Discop, Discop, and um, a couple of other marketplaces. There's also Nipcom. Um, mm -hmm. So we've had um, leaders, folks from the Nigerian animation industry, animation under the auspices of that organization, um, try to evangelize. You know, yeah. talk about. Uh, um, the local industry try to sell our services as um, uh, vendors of choice, you know. Mm -hmm. Because of course, we the, the, obviously we cannot compete with the Asians on the basis of mm -hmm. quality just yet, just yet. Um, mm -hmm. Simply because uh, the the talent pool isn't that rich, isn't that mm -hmm. deep, you yeah. know. But um, I guess we. We have to sadly compete on the basis of price. Well, that's the it's it's the it's a harsh reality, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so that so a lot of that so that has started happening. That's started happening two years ago, and mm -hmm. um, it's increasing in frequency mm -hmm. and in intensity. So uh, I think that is um, something else that's going on. Yeah. 
So um, what do we have to look forward to coming from Quadrant Studios? Hmm. Okay, so we have a lot of stuff that's ongoing. Um, okay. We are looking to develop Scalable into a much bigger, bigger pro uh, product project. Uh, uh, we, are, we are in the middle of, we are in the early stages of that. Like, like I said, we're doing a lot of fundraising right now. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we have, we have a lot of stories that we had conceptualized that we are, we will be um, developing pilots for, yeah. Um, so we, so next year, but this, mm -hmm. no, by Q4 next year, um, mm -hmm. Quadrant Studios would have a lot of content to sell, a lot of content okay. to show, and um, Quadrant Studios in particular um, would would be open for business as uh, as a global vendor okay. for for outsourced animation production you know officially mm -hmm. you know so we are putting the frameworks together for that right now so, nice so yeah we now apart from that we we have a lot going on in the virtual reality space we we um uh we we we, we have a number of projects that we are working on in the safety space, in the um, also in the cultural space, in the arts and culture space. You know, to mm -hmm. you know, leverage on virtual reality to really um, bring bring experiences to people all over the world. So yeah. those are you know some of the projects that we have in the pipeline. Yeah, we will continue developing talent. We will continue creating content. We will continue doing mm -hmm. what we do. Continue making our friends, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And if people yeah. want to follow uh, you, your studio, how, what platforms can they, or let let people know your website, your plat, your social media platforms, anything we can follow you on? Yeah, we can be found um, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, at, at Quadrant Studios. Mm -hmm. uh, our website is quadrantstudios.com. Um, uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Quadrant Studios. So we're Quadrant Studios everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. I would like to thank Tayo from. Yes, <laughs> you too, too. <laughs> I'd like to thank Tayo for coming to speak with me. And for everyone watching, I would like you to like so I know it's real. Comment and tell me how you feel. Subscribe to Seal the Deal and sign up for post notifications to show your zeal. And I will see you in the next video. Peace. Thank you. Peace.